Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash bcpod for your free audiobook download. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's going on, bungholes? And when I say bungholes, I know a lot of y'all out there are thinking anus. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the bunghole on a barrel or a cask or a keg. The place where the bung stopper goes, where the liquid drains out. That's right, the liquid drains out of the bunghole. Now, on the other hand, bunghole has been used as slang probably longer than you think. Because, you know, barrels and senses of humor have both been around a really long time. In fact, the earliest use of bunghole as slang or an insult dates back to 1683. But then it seems it may have fallen out of popularity until once again we have Beavis and Butthead to thank for bringing it back into popular vernacular. In fact, we have the the character Cornholio to thank for it. Now, I wish I would have thought about this last week, but once Butthead actually referred to a black hole when explaining to Beavis what it is as a bunghole in outer space. Anyway, welcome to the podcast, bungholes. Derek Webb is on the show today. Get ready for that. And we'll have some news with the real Toby today as well. Okay, some promotional stuff to get out of the way. We put a sale up for Cyber Monday, Black Tuesday, whatever it is, BC Xmas. And it did so well, we're going to leave that up, I tell you what, all the way through Christmas. You can get 20% off any Bad Christian stuff, any King's Kaleidoscope stuff, any the classic crime stuff. And we have Emory stuff on our store now. For the first time ever, we have Emory stuff that we own and can sell online. 20% off, enter the promo code BCXmas, and buy everybody presents. The King's Kaleidoscope vinyl, I might suggest, is a great one. Abandoned Kansas crowdfunding is doing well, so if you've supported that already, thank you. If not, go check it out. It's on Indiegogo. And finally, our first music sampler called The Lineup will be available December 15th. And as always, we try to make our stuff free. It's going to have a new Emory song on it. It's have a bunch of new artists you've maybe never heard before on it and some other really, really good music. So, December 15th, the lineup will be out. So pay attention. And thank you to all the people who joined the BC Club to make all of this possible. Guess what? I'm back, all you BC freaks. He's back. He's back. Alright, welcome back Toby Toby, we're so glad you're back This is Matt, Joey is continuing to beatbox And Joey, knock it off Cut it, cut it Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast everybody Um, Toby We just want to welcome you We're trying to welcome you, we just want you to feel welcome We want you to feel safe here You're in community with us Welcome. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Hey, we just we just want to connect with you and love on you. That's we right. Know that you've been going through a lot, yeah. and uh, hopefully we can just get a blink on what's been going on with you. Just if you could unpack things. Yeah, I just want to echo what you guys are saying. Yep. Thank you guys for coming around me and pouring into <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that scary? If somebody said that, I've, I've said that like a million times. But I mean, I really think that if if I don't know you and you said, "Hey, man, I want to." come around you and pour into you i'd be like stay the hell away from me i'd call the cops that's like some scary shit hey what did you say you sick bastard (laughs) what the hell did you just say to my wife you mother toby we are certainly glad to have you back buddy thank you guys so much i uh you know i listened to the podcast and i i had a 
couple comments from the podcast that I was not on. Then yeah, let's Logan. just just talk about that. We had talked about yeah. that with Joey last week. What's it like yeah. listening to the show? Well, I have to say I was pleasantly surprised for most of it. I would I would literally want to say thank you so much, Logan. Logan Kale did an amazing job. Yeah, I thought I thought he's super funny. Uh, the news, I, I, for him to say, still call it news, news with Toby. Toby yep. I thought it was like I thought it was like the ultimate sign of respect and friendship. And I just, I really was laughing out loud at several parts of the podcast. And then, so I was just like, you know, man, this is really cool. Now, what was frustrating was there were several times where I wanted to chime in. Yeah, and like Joey, even on that <laughs> podcast, was talking about like the. You know about the um, Metal Sucks podcast yeah. that you wanted to chime yeah. in, but there was a few times. So I want—I I actually made some notes of what I would have said. <laughs> Are you making fun of me right now? No, 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 no. I made some notes about. There was a couple times where I was like, "No, they missed a great opportunity." Well, that's great because normally that's what everybody always wants to do. But you are the one in the power to—you actually right, get so to come get back to. and chime in, whereas other people never get that opportunity. So right, so yeah, right, exactly. So, uh, so the first one that just killed me. Was Joey says, <laughs> oh, great. Joey, I, these are my notes that I wrote while I was driving down the road, so I almost got killed probably writing these notes, but I said, Joey says he's really into movies, <laughs> but but then y'all asked him about movies, he says, I have kids, so he can't, so, so basically I was like, I mean, I would have loved to have made the joke, so Joey can say he's really into anything, and then get away with it, because he has kids. Well, we gave him I'm a hard really, time no, about no, that, we gave him a hard time really. about not You're being missing into it movies, out. just you're, barely, you're hold on, let me, let me, let me say my notes. I would have loved to have said, I'm going to imitate Joey right now. I'm really into giving. Well, how much do you give? Oh, I don't give my, I got four kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they were talking about recent movies. Yeah, I yeah, don't Joey. Go to the theater. I, Joey, come you're on. You're not really into movies you if you're not into, into recent movies. Everybody movie. knows that. All right, so, so moving on, on don't defend yourself on that one. What else, yeah, Toby? Come on, dude. I could not believe how much y'all miss it. <laughs> Joey read the names of people and he said, I forget the girl's first name. I'll just say it was like, Julie, you said Julie Cock. We did. <laughs> we thought, talked about that. No, but but what I wanted to say was just say the word cock over and over and over. <laughs> and then <laughs> I, would, I just thought it'd been so awesome just to go. Oh yeah, cock. Yeah, that, that cock. I want to say. Let's say Joey. Your last name is S V E N D S. So your name is pronounced Joey Cock. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest one of all that I was just like, man, I can't believe they missed this. Is I would have loved to have made a joke, Matt, during your science segment about Lo Logan going to a black hole. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, man, that would have just been so great. I mean, there's just so much material did there. Did you like the science segment when you had to listen to it like that, or did you get bored? I, actually, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I like the Neil deGrasse Tyson stuff anyway. But, um, yeah, I thought it was good and informative. And plus, everybody's been talking about that movie forever. So even though Joey had never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so I mean, there was just so much, so many times where I was like, "Oh shoot, man, I could just make a great joke." I'd love to be saying the word "cock" here. I'd love to <laughs> be talking about Logan going deeply into a black hole, never coming back, his body disintegrating after going into a black hole. All this great stuff, and I missed out on it. But honestly, listening to the podcast, I thought it was great, and and I have to give mad props seriously to Logan. I mean, I thought he just did a great job. Very funny. It, it really made me laugh several times out loud. So I give it. Logan, up to Logan got a lot sure. of props, man. Yeah, for sure. He did, he did a great on social job. media and stuff. Hey, we got a lot of um, a lot of crap from the Jennifer Knapp interview. Did y'all know that? No, like a lot. Um, let, let me just like I want physical crap. Like people yeah, mailed people you, mailed. but boxes <laughs> full of crap. Yeah, yeah, wow. for sure. Fecal matter. All right, so let me just read some of this. 
You should get your wives on the show. Maybe they'll ask the tough questions your weak balls can't handle. <laughs> I'm being harsh like you need to be harsher. Dig deeper. Get Ray Comfort or Todd Friel on. Maybe they can give you some insight on confronting people about issues. Y'all are too nice. Be straightforward. Just ask the dang inappropriate questions. You don't got to be mean about it. Let Joey talk more. He seems to ask the questions Matt doesn't want to get into. Tough. Tough. Tough love, be critical, find balance. Another person says, if you're going to try and make an impactor deal with tough things, don't be so froofy about it. Another person said, I enjoyed the interview, but sort of agree with the others who are saying you sort of handled it with kid gloves. Another person said, there's a difference between being gracious and truth and tippy-toeing around truth, and I would like to see you guys actually use your platform, especially in light of the kind of audience that BC attracts to shed some light on some of these issues instead of simply talking about it. Maybe you don't feel qualified for it. I don't know, but I find myself getting disappointed for the sake of your audience. And you guys, when these questions are always answered or asked ambiguously, you don't lead people to Jesus by not following Jesus' example when it comes to recognizing what sin is and what sin is not. And then a guy says, it is exactly because of this that I have stopped listening to the podcast. Good job. With <laughs> he stopped statement. when? As of the second he heard halfway through? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I'm sure a lot of us are, I'm sure a lot of us are feeling that way in relationship to the podcast. So basically, people want us to take major theological stands and grill people, I guess. The easiest retort I have to all these people is very, very simple. Start your own podcast, big boy. That's all you got to do. This one's mine. This is my podcast. This is my house. Uh, I mean, okay, I'll, can I give two reactions? First of all, um, you have freedom to, you don't care what they say. Like I said, this right. is our podcast. We're going to do what we're going to do. And I don't care about right. being nice. So if you want me to be nice, how about I start with being not nice to you, you buttholes. Quit. <laughs> how about that? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess, yeah, the human side of me and the and just the reactionary side of me wants to just tell people, just shut the hell up it's it's a podcast and you don't have to listen i mean what what is their point that well this we, guy's not listening no, anymore. But, yeah he's yeah, not listening and, anymore but, but what i'm saying is are <laughs> do they want us to invite somebody that we invited to come on the show and then attack them yeah is that what they want that Absolutely. that's christianity that's what christianity because that well no a lot is, is that what right, jesus, in, in defense what of these people did, a lot of these people are saying you need to be more straightforward with your beliefs and you can do that in love My, were we not i mean i thought i thought I, I'm pretty sure we said we thought homosexuality was a sin. Yeah. So yeah, I guess you're right. They want us to be more. I mean, they just want us to be more mean. We yeah. did. Ha- we did have a lesbian on the podcast, and then told her to her face that we think homosexuality is a sin. That did happen. Yeah. So I guess we should be meaner about it. Yeah. 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 We should tell that her preference. Should, should we have called her a lesbo? <laughs> I mean, come on. Thank you for coming on our podcast, you lesbo. <laughs> well, here, here's what i want to ask here's what i want to ask if you if you know the truth for yourselves like if you believe hey i know the truth then why do we need to make sure we clarify truth for people these are people that say hey i know what the truth is and you guys need to clarify it so if if jesus and the holy spirit is real why do we need to like pivot our platform by making clear doctrinal statements these people really do think that she's going to hell and they think that we are standing in the way of the gates of hell <laughs> keeping her from there and i just think it's really silly and stupid that they would say something so ridiculous and honestly that's all social media i guess 
No, it's not all this for, but it's for a lot of just sensationalized uh, talking about uh, taking these huge stands about stuff that just doesn't matter. Matt, you're exactly right. Get your own podcast with Jennifer Knapp. And I mean that seriously, though. though. I do mean that seriously in that the more people that have more podcasts, the people that want to just sit. You could get a podcast and you could read Bible verses. If that's what you think we need, you go do that. Somebody in our defense, it's really funny because I thought he was uh, talking to us, but someone in our defense said, and Matt, can I get a promise from you that you'll bleep this out yep. for me? All right. He says, I am a Christian and most of you re- <laughs> piss me off. That's why we rag on you because you're fucking re- <laughs> I will <laughs> definitely so bleep. Off. I will definitely bleep the word piss. <laughs> um. <laughs> There was one guy that I thought I honestly was pretty insightful. He said, I really wish you guys would just stop defending yourself uh, and love the Pharisees as much as you love everybody else. And even though I, I actually do think that we're somewhat uh, loving to our haters and we try to learn from them as well, I do think that was pretty insightful. But I think the reason why we defend ourselves is because I don't feel like we're defending ourselves as much as we're just clarifying what we're doing because I think it's a worthy discussion. At least that's where I'm coming from. I'd go as far as to say, and we've said it a lot of times, that I don't think we're like killing it at interviewing either. So, I mean, yeah, it might be. I would like to get get into more vulnerable spots in interviews, but that's more of a technical thing than a a stance thing, you know, to me. Like, it's just a skill. I'd love to get more skill where we could go in deeper or tougher places. Yes, I, I like the sound of that, and I think we're a approaching that but the idea isn't to be nice i don't care about yep. that so anyway definitely cause um some some ripples here so toby I, I seriously um do think a lot of people have been asking about your wife in general how is she doing she died oh <laughs> damn it Matt, you have to bleep that. that <laughs> my wife will not think that's funny. I, or you can leave it in, but Jess, that was a total joke just for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about how bad I am and how much of an asshole I am last week. <laughs> anyway, uh, she is doing amazing. Yeah. Um, just a quick recap of all that's happened. So just for the people that don't know, my wife, Jess, uh, we found out. Um, it's been a little while ago now that she actually had breast cancer and thank the Lord. It was only stage zero, which means basically it's non-invasive, uh, from what they could tell. And, um, you know, it was the best, the doctor said no cancer is good to have, but if you're going to get cancer, it's the best one to get. But, uh, she still ended up having to get a, uh, double mastectomy. So, um, we did this, that, that she did that this past Monday and it was really intense man it was just uh we got to the hospital about eight and I saw her on and off a little bit here and there at till 11 30 and then from 11 30 I didn't see her again till 8 p.m at night Gee. and uh I mean I was just like holy crap and I mean it was really intense and y'all you guys are talking about it and uh I mean Joey came and visited me at the hospital and stuff like like that and uh, Joey came and visited me at the hospital and I kind of revealed a little bit, but I guess to be honest, man, I've just been in this crazy thought process about God and what our life is and and what is going on. And uh, to be perfectly honest, it just it really 
was crazy. It almost felt like a weird, you know, when in those movies when you see like there's a person sitting, but everything else is moving super fast. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're in slow motion, but everything is super else is super fast. It was kind of like that. Like I was just sitting in this waiting room and people were coming and going. One receptionist left, the next receptionist left. Eventually it was just me in this room by myself. Yeah. It was dark. You know, I was there at daylight and now it's dark. I'm just sitting in this waiting room by myself on my wife, hoping that everything's okay. Yeah. And it was just this really crazy time of just like man what in the hell is is life who am i what is this it can be taken away anytime it can be given at any time it's just like all this crazy thoughts and you know i know that's really you guys know i've even even <laughs> my brain hasn't been that good it feels like for the last six months but just i guess i'm really at a point of like man every day really does matter and and honestly like not not to be totally crude but what the fuck am i doing yeah. Like, seriously, like, I mean, I, I want to l- really do something. And, and I mean, a lot of people say, oh, man, you've been in Emory and you've worked at, uh, you know, all these different places and different churches. Like and, Papa John's. And, yeah, I've worked at Papa John's. <laughs> and Little I've Caesars. Little Caesars. <laughs> uh, I mean, all the all these, you know, great you accolades. At an antique shop. Uh, unbelievable, the things <laughs> I've done. But I just, uh, I don't know. I, re- I really feel like. Like even on this podcast, what these people are talking about, like, but Joey, just some of the comments you just read, I just really want to tell everybody, I, I don't think any of us get it, and and we're all not Inclu- going, including to. yourself, yeah, including myself, we're all not going to, and can't we like make some progress? I mean, what what are we doing? I mean, are we really our Christianity and our faith in the Creator of everything? can't boil down to be tougher on Jennifer Knapp, the lesbian. That's the only thing they thought about her. You know what I mean? Like, th- like those comments Those comments are, oh, she's a lesbian. She's a lesbian. We're going to identify her as a lesbian. They didn't identify her as a Christian at all. Wouldn't right. even come close to it. Right. They, in fact, they would say she is not because of her ongoing sin. Right. Every damn person that wrote on that Facebook, and I'm pointing at Joey right now, but every damn person that wrote on that Facebook has ongoing unrepentant sin, guaranteed. Now, let me, yeah. let me give you a couple examples of what I think would be unrepentant sin other than being gay how about this one how about we like what's let's say we get to heaven and we see wait 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 all that american consumerism that y'all were doing was sin and it was unrepentant your whole life you thought it was okay yeah. to have a three hundred thousand dollar house and a car and only give ten percent to your church you thought that was okay welcome to heaven but that was unrepentant <laughs> sin you had your whole life and i'm not saying that is necessarily the case but it's certainly possible we see things that other cultures were doing for their whole generation that nobody thought was sin that we now know was unrepentant sin like having slaves but certainly misguided christians from the 19th century went to heaven despite their long lifelong unrepentant sin or or how about if uh do you know anybody who's divorced and you think they really sinfully didn't try hard enough at their first marriage they could have they they made this covenant with this person, they did this stuff before God, and they didn't try hard enough. They weren't willing to fix it. That's arguably unrepentant sin the rest of their life to persist in rebellion against God and their covenant to the other person. But do we doubt those people's salvation, Christianity, or the fact that they're going to be in heaven like we do gay people? Yeah. Of course not. I mean, it just, I mean, if we're really talking about, that's what I'm saying, We really are talking about the creator of all, why we are here, our existence, everything, 
And if we keep just boiling it down to these little things like a vagina touching a vagina <laughs> or, a pen- or a penis and a penis together, it, it, if, that, if that is what my faith my drink. in God, the creator of all, boils down to, I'm going to stop. Stop. I mean, it can't be. I mean, I, it, right or wrong, let's... let's Let's think about the big stuff here. I mean, come on. I mean, may, maybe that's even a big, big something to somebody, and, and maybe that's even okay. That's not. I, I don't want to like diminish that. Hey, we should talk about sin, and I don't want to diminish that. Hey, things are bad, and that sexuality is is crazy, and it gets most people in some way. But I just, I mean, I just have to think, man. I, oh, what did Jesus do? I mean, if anything on earth makes me think that there could be a God, it's really when I read about Jesus and, and what he did. I, I mean, and I don't want to preach here, so I'm not going to, but if you just read the Bible, and it was funny, like, when you guys were talking about what, like, Godless and and uh, the Metal Sucks po- podcast that we were on, that we did, um, I just thought, like, one, one thing that I just really thought was, you can read the Bible and make it as, as just as evil and shitty as you want, and you can read the Bible and make it just as beautiful and wonderful as you want, and both of those are a human perspective of what the Bible is. No, you, you know what I mean? Like, that, like, like you can say, oh, man, God is this way, and God is just so terrible because of this. And that's a human opinion. And I can say, man, God is this, this, and, this, and that's my human opinion. And it's just really frustrating because how are we even able to, we can't even interpret what each other says, much less God. And I just think, can't we just really do something? I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't it be better just to, I mean, Accept people. I, I mean, did, did Jesus grill the prostitute when he was sitting there? Hey, you know what? When you uh, went down on that guy last week for fifty dollars, that was really messed up. You know how bad that was. I don't think the prostitute would. I, I mean, the it, the prostitute probably knows that. All right, so let me speak on behalf of these people we're talking about. They don't. would say they would say Jesus told her go and sin no more. Now I, I have a rebuttal to that, but I have I a rebuttal to it. What would you say? Well, uh, our good friend Matt Johnson, who is helping us uh, start our proposal for our book that we're going to be writing in the future, um, he, he said it very clearly, and I thought this was so awesome. That does not mean don't go and sin no more. That he said that that actually starts a crisis in your life where you go, oh wait a minute, I can't. There's no way it. that that's about to happen. I'm going from now to. on. So what? So what is my option? Oh yeah, I need a savior. I need a savior. Oh, this second. Wait. Oh, also, this second, why would you ever need anybody to tell you, "Hey, do good stuff, not bad stuff"? From now on, does that need to be said? <laughs> Is that something that you need somebody to tell you? Like, no. No. I mean, it's, I mean, it's almost being facetious to a degree because it's not like nobody ever told me, "Hey, Matt, good stuff's better than bad stuff. Do good stuff." It's not like that's ever been good advice to anybody. Uh-oh. Like, oh, why didn't somebody tell me earlier? That's not. That's not <laughs> what that means. Totally. I mean, it's just it's just insane. I mean, yeah. So go and sin no more is is like you said. Let's focus on that a second. It is intended to start a crisis in in your life where you realize there's nothing I can do. I am in desperate need forever, and that's what Jesus is for, right? I I yes. I, I disagree a little bit. I don't know if we want to get into it right now, so I'll I'll uh, I'll keep that to myself. No, let's disagree. Go ahead. Okay. I I just I think that Paul definitely now if, if we want to discard what Paul said, then that's one thing. And okay. and I'm actually okay with someone saying, "Hey, well let's cherish Jesus's words above Paul's word." I don't agree with that necessarily, but Paul definitely has some some uh open confessions of, "Man, I I keep trying not to do something, I keep doing it." But he still instructs us, "Hey, count yourselves dead to sin." Hey, 
you know, flee from sexual immorality. I mean, there's a lot of things saying, hey, choose the spirit over the flesh. Um, so I, I, I do think because of the Holy Spirit, we can sin less. Now, do I agree with you guys when you say, hey, we'll always be a prisoner to sin to some degree? I don't want to use the word prisoner because Jesus sets us free. Do I think that we're always in bondage to sin to some degree? Sure. But you don't think when Jesus tells them to go and sin no more, when he told the prostitute go and sin no more, that he thought, yeah, that'll probably work out. You know, now that I've told her, so the sin, no more sin. Cool. Let's get the next one. Like like a black and white never sin no anymore. Of course not. She's never going to... Oh, yeah, of course I don't. So, so that it, at all. it means something a little, a little more nuanced than knock it off. That, yeah, that's all. My, I'm my thing, my thing is, I do think that there is some sort of transition when someone uh, surrenders their life to Christ. I do think we have a little more say in whether or not we yield to sin all the time. Yeah, well, we do. That's, oh, that's, to be clear, we do believe in sanctification and uh, and conquering sin in that for sure, and certain in some areas maybe entirely. Hundred percent, I yeah. believe in that. But that's that's a different thing than total legalism. And I have an article that's coming out Wednesday that's going to address some of that stuff on on legalism itself. So check that out on Wednesday. So Toby, you got back into this whole thing, but we were asking you about your wife. So are you just saying that your wife, this whole thing with her, has made you back to existential reality crisis yet even deeper? Uh. Well, I wouldn't say it was her. I mean, or her condition, I guess. I would say, honestly, it's been pretty awesome. Like, she, I was telling, we had our staff meeting today, and I was just telling them, it's kind of nice. My wife, it's clear examples of when my wife needs me this week. Like, you know, like she can't even open her pill bottles herself. She can't, you know, reach up and get. Quit making get, fun of your wife. I'm not making fun yeah, of being serious. Fun of her. She's doing the best uh, she can. I mean, golly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want her to do? Go work out? You guys are asking. You want her to do uh, bench press or something? Yeah. I, I thought she could bench again. Uh, but it, it's been really kind of cool because she definitely needs me for certain things, and it's it's really nice. And she, my wife is like just uh, – she really loves keeping the house clean or getting things done, and, and it's really nice because she can only just like lay in bed or sit on the couch, and uh, it's kind of nice because we just watch shows together. Or we just kind of – can sit by each other. I think for a it's bit. great when my daughter and wife are sick. That's my favorite time to experience <laughs> either one of them when they're sick, and that is not a joke. It may be funny, I, but it ain't no joke. I mean, I, I I would never wish cancer on our wives, <laughs> but 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 at the same time, it's really nice because my wife can't do anything else, and I I just get to be with my wife. You know, who's I'm my really, favorite person in the whole world. I'm so. really glad you would never wish cancer on one of our wives, man. That I, I didn't realize that about you, and I'm appreciative. <laughs> Great, Joey. That's pretty awesome, man. Uh, so anyway, back to that. Jess is healing unbelievably well. Really quickly, doing really good. The doctor said everything worked out really good. And it w- honestly, it was just really, it was scary. And it was just that thing of, I've really been struggling with how to allow emotion, but not let my wife, you know, let me, I don't want to scare her that I'm scared. And at the same time, I want to be strong. And I knew everything, I really felt strongly that everything would be okay. But, you know, there were definitely times where I would just, you know, maybe cry a little bit by myself or yeah. be upset by myself. And I wanted to, I wanted to show her that stuff, but I also wanted to be strong for her and be a rock for her. And right. it, that's really hard to, to navigate through. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I'm not good at it. Well, you like, are you laughing? Cause that's Christianese. No, I'm not yeah. laughing. I think that, I think that's good. We're glad to hear it. Thank you for, for the report on everything. And I really am glad that, that Jess is, is doing well, but to move on, 
I specifically told you guys we were going to do a sponsor spot at 17 minutes in here, and I wasn't going to be the one to bring it up. What happened? Well, what happened to me is I realized that I never pushed start. I had mm-hmm. my uh, iPhone set to 17 minutes, mm-hmm. and I realized that I didn't push start, so I was depending on you guys. Okay, and Toby, what's your well, excuse? That, well, I'm apparently I'm worked with a retard. <laughs> 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 okay, so we're going to get straight to our sponsor spot for X3 Watch. So, Toby, Joey, y'all just continue to do whatever it is y'all do, and I'll handle it. Okay, so X3 Watch is software that Toby and Joey and I use to monitor our browsing habits. And we also monitor each other's browsing habits that way because we don't want to look at pornography. We identify that pornography is negative, dangerous, and bad for us and for our marriages. Now, X3 Watch helps us to monitor our own browsing habits, and keep each other accountable by sending reports to each other uh, that tells the kind of sites we've been visiting and if any of them are inappropriate or not. It also blocks things. It blocks pornographic sites. It's great if you have children in the house. It's great if you have a husband in the house. It's great if you have a wife in the house. If she needs some accountability and not to be alone, even when she's alone, if you get my drift. X3 Watch filters content, blocks URLs, and shares your progress with people you trust. It works on all devices, mobile, desktop, everything. Now, here's the best part. If you go to x3watch.com forward slash bad Christian, you can get this for half off because Matt and Toby and Joey sent you, okay? So it costs about as much as a cup of coffee a month for the premium version. You get half off, x3watch.com forward slash badchristian. There's also a free version if you're broke. But if you're not into any of that, then feel free. Look at all the porn you want. And there's a new feature on the premium subscription that if you choose... Joey's looking away because he's dying <laughs> He's about to make a big if, crack. If, Here we go. Here it goes. If, this is going to be really funny. If you choose to masturbate in front of your screen, they will take screenshots and send it to your <laughs> account. <laughs> <laughs> it lets you look at pornography, but it starts recording on your, on your webcam and broadcasting. <laughs> now that's accountability. <laughs> X3 Watch, watching your penis get ejaculated. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to like this this ad for them this week. All right, so we're going to have Derek Webb come up. Um, we're a little bit nervous having him on, and if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll know why, and that's because we have a semi-famous rant um, where Toby uh, really gave him a hard time or... Well, let's say what it is. I talk a lot of shit about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, we just don't know if he knows about that or not. We know he came on here, but he could think this is just a album review and talk about his whatever. I mean, he, I, I'm not certain that he knows what we're going to talk about. And I mean, guys this know, could get really uncomfortable. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll try as best we can, and we'll see how it turns out. We're going to try to be tough this time. We'll try to stand up for things we've said. We'll try to be... Uh, good interviewers technically and also really, you know, stand up kind of here and, and we'll see what happens. We won't be t- too shy. We're going to make this our boldest attempt yet. Uh, so Derek Webb is from the band, what's he's from? Cademan's Call, correct? Yeah, Cademan's Call, but he uh, recently is probably more known for his uh, solo mm-hmm. projects, uh, just, you know, self-titled Derek Webb. Really good music, honestly. I have one of his albums, Mockingbird, 
Um, he's done, and, he does you know, living just, room shows. He's kind of an innovator, and there's a lot of stuff we can talk about that's just music, music business stuff. He also started a company called Noise Trade, which is a giant yeah. website where that rivals Bandcamp, where people give away music and even books now. So we could talk. And about I think that he got too. voted like now. I think he got voted like sexiest Christian bachelor. So yep. So. <laughs> 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 All right, we're going to take a break really quick, and we'll be back, and we're going to get into it with Derek Webb. All right. All right, everybody listen. I know you've zoned out listening to us talk for a little bit, but I've got good news right now, and it comes from a sponsor of ours, Audible. Now, Audible's the, you may know this, but Audible's the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. That means they're the big dogs when it comes to bringing, like, real books and stuff. It used to be books on tape, but now you know what a podcast is. You're already listening to this. You get it. You get to listen to whole books without having to sit down and read those suckers. So you can do it while you're cutting the grass or how, whenever you do when you listen to this podcast. So... Check this out. Here's my plan. Here's my thought for you guys that I want to share. And this comes from me personally. Now, we always say on the show how we're not teachers and you shouldn't listen to us because we don't really know what we're talking about. But I had a great idea. Why don't you get an audio book from a really great teacher who does know what they're talking about? So here's what I'm going to suggest. The Reason for God from Tim Keller. Now, this book is kind of like the modern-day mere Christianity. Uh, Tim Keller quotes C.S. Lewis a lot in this book, and essentially what he does is break down uh, the logic and the real uh, intellectual reasons why to believe in God and why it is real. So you could use that to, first of all, strengthen your own opinions and understand things better instead of just taking what you're told. Uh, Two, you can convince other people of it and help them with their problems and doubt, stuff like that, and even unbelievers, let's say. And three, if you want to just be a knucklehead and argue with people, like I know a lot of you guys want to do, and be a real big jerk, this will give you a bunch of ammo to go do that with legitimately. Anyway, I really like that book. I recommend that. But if that's not your thing, then fine. Audible has 150,000 titles available across every genre. Fiction, spirituality, comedy, classics. They've got everything. They, they even got the Hunger Games. So pay attention. Again, here's the good news. You get a free audiobook of your choice when you go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash bcpod. That's where you go. You sign up there and you get you get it today. You get it right now. And in case you can't tell, I'm emphatic about this and I'm I'm actually asking you. I'm not just reading this sponsor spot. I'm asking you guys, go over there. Get the free audiobook. It will show our sponsor that, you know, our people are great and they in turn will come back and and do sponsor this show even more. It's a it's a really big deal and you do, you guys do a great job of that and I want to thank you personally in advance for doing this. It means something to me, Matt, personally. So please, you have nothing to lose. It's a free audiobook. You'll learn something. You'll enjoy it. So go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash bcpod to get your free audiobook today. Just a quick reminder, the newest band on the BC Music roster is Abandoned Kansas. Abandoned Kansas. I'll say it again. Abandoned Kansas. It's our new band. They're awesome. Jeremy Spring played bass for us and sang on our last tour. If you saw him, he had glasses on. Cool, friendly fella if you met him. So this is his band that uh, is playing underneath me right now. This is a demo or some session he's been working on. He's in the studio right now. They're working on their new album. 
So this is your chance to get in at the support level, the encourager level, the keep music awesome and indie and free level. So go over there, listen to some of their music, see what they're up to, see if you like it. Now, one thing they do that's very cool that we love is living room shows. So they're booking a whole living room tour. So go see what cities they're coming to. And if you're one of the people that helps them fund their record, you can show up at one of these living room shows and get the record a month before it comes out in person. I think that's a really cool idea. You show up. You meet Jeremy and the guys. They're going to hand you the record a month before it comes out. So check it out. Indiegogo, Abandoned Kansas. Now, people, I am sorry that I'm doing all the talking here. You have Toby and Joey to thank for that. But I do have, a, unfortunately, an editorial note for the interview that's about to play now. Um, we dropped right in this interview and talked to Derek at length about a lot of stuff in his personal life. And he was very forthright and forthcoming. Uh, and he did a great job, and we appreciated it. And then ultimately, he and us decided it would be better to not air the entire part of the interview that included all the personal stuff. So there is some editing on this one, just to let you know. So we, what we did was jump right in. And uh, we talked about a lot of personal stuff, but what we've done is edit it so that we basically kept the parts where we discussed privacy and discretion and maybe some of the surrounding issues without getting personal about it. We think you'll enjoy the interview anyway. It's very good. And Derek said that perhaps he can come back in the future when it's a more appropriate time to talk more at length in a personal way. And so we accept that. And we respectfully thank Derek Webb for coming on our show and talking about what he did talk about. So here we go. My my assumption is that you probably aren't too familiar with us us peons, bad Christian. <laughs> sure. No, man, I am. No, I. I, uh, I mean, you guys are clearly doing some pretty cool stuff. I'm pleased to pleased to join you. <laughs> we're t- we're kind of tiptoeing here, and you may, if you have heard of us, then you may or may not be aware that we have talked about you on our show before. So that's oh, what, have you? Okay. So that's what we're ner- that's yeah. what we're kind of nervous about. Well. Yeah, and, and honestly, uh, I think you should clarify, Matt. Toby, yeah, not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Derek, uh, I guess I just want to own what I said, and, sure. and right, right or wrong. So, I guess for Christians, like I really feel like, man, if if everything was out in the open, then nothing owns you, and uh, it, like. To to have a career in the Christian world, and I think you have you know tons of dub awards, and and you know you're in Cademan's Call, a super influential Christian band, and and all this stuff like to to be able to talk so much about God and all the good things that God does, and then oh wait, man, this is really sensitive. We can't talk about it. I honestly that that's where I'm like I just don't know what to think, and and, and that's the truth. Okay, well let's try this. Let's speak just more in general about privacy and the internet and how Christians should do. Derek, what do you think about that? How should we approach this issue? So I f- I feel like I-, I think that what's happening is that we're we're trying to give a simple answer to a question for which there is no simple answer and mixing up some some categories and some terms. Um, so there's a few there's a few different ways to to, to go at this and. My first instinct is to say um, there's an important distinction between somebody who would consider themselves in vocational ministry as a, as a job and somebody who considers themselves accidental, uh, doing accidental ministry. And uh, m- my work in music, I have never considered 
ministry. And in it, and it goes beyond just what I consider. I am not gifted, positioned, or called. It's a totally different set of gifts to be in vocational ministry. Now, that's not to say that ministry doesn't happen in my job. I am a follower of Jesus, so my, you know, the, um, but it's not why I go to work. So that said, I don't feel like I have spent a lot of intentional time in the part of the Christian music world where you may be placing me right now. I, I am, I am, if I'm there, I'm there accidentally. I have, apparently I cannot curse enough on my records to get kicked out. Huh. Um, <laughs> I don't have any, I, I do not now, nor have I ever had any intention uh, of using my spirituality as a means of marketing. Um, if you, if you really want to separate yourself, just deny Christ altogether like Dave Bazan and you get it. Yeah, well, we could talk about my buddy Dave if you want to, and that's going to be a whole other a whole other topic, um, because I think he is more in the biblical tradition than many so-called Christian artists are, even at this point, and especially at this point yep. in his career. But that's an aside. So, um, so that said, um, there's a second thing, and that is that there are appropriate places to speak about particular things. There's an appropriate and a a healthy disclosure to different groups. The the group that gets the most is your family, your pastors, if you have them, your closest friends. That's who gets the real deep disclosure and the real, you know, and then there are, there's the community locally around you, the people who you live with, the people who you um, work around that second tier of kind of friends and, community. And there's another level of appropriate disclosure um, that is for those people. And then beyond that, there's just everybody else. There's just the public and the internet and whatever. Um, And there's an appropriate disclosure there. Like if if someone, if if a stranger reaches out to somebody else on a public figure on Twitter or writes a blog calling them out on something or an open letter on the internet to somebody, and then you don't respond or something like that, then people see it as an, a, a clear, well, the, clearly they're, they're wrong or they're guilty or they're, because they're not responding to us because we're, we're trying to hold them accountable. Here's the thing. The internet is not a vehicle, a healthy vehicle for communication or accountability. Yeah. It's not. Um, my local church, my pastor, my friends, my safe people who are around me, who walk with me in my life, who know me, those are the people um, to whom I go and share mm-hmm. the internet is not a safe place for anyone to confess anything. So what then do you think are the risks if somebody were to share too much on the internet? Well, be, first of all, I think it would feed a really unhealthy obsession with fall, a false knowing of people that happens on the internet. People don't, p- people who listen to my records um, they don't really, they don't know me any more than I know a cabinet maker by looking at his cabinets. Um, I know something about him. I can see something he's chosen to, to tell me about himself. Mm-hmm. Um, something he's expressed about himself. That's true. But I think that to go into a lot of detail on the internet, um, first of all, it, it tends to be hurtful to all the people involved because it invites comment from people who don't care, who typically can speak very hurtfully and anonymously. If I think people who 
um, say everything and confess completely on the internet. Um, the internet is not your friend. Your friends are your friends. Um, if there's anything I have learned in the last several years as being a person who does use the internet a lot, and I do say a lot, I'm fairly visible, I'm fairly accessible on the internet. And I have learned that when you have trouble in your life, when you're going through hard times, when you're sad, when you're feeling disappointed in your life, whatever it is, where you, the healthy place to take those feelings is to your friends, to your community, to your trusted people, not to the internet. Don't take that to the internet. The internet doesn't know what to do with it. It's only going to make you feel worse. Um, and I think ultimately it feels like a betrayal to your friends, people who've invested years into walking with you into your life, um, the people who love you and care about you, it, it feels like a betrayal for you to take what should be reserved for them in a more intimate setting, trusted friends who, who get that level of disclosure, to take that and just spread it out on the internet. It just feels obscene to me. Well, and I, well, well what I want to ask though is then, but, but that only applies to the bad things we do though. Cause I mean, like I, I don't, I feel like we don't have a problem when we, talk about God and, or our liberty in Christ or all these things or, you know, things that we maybe even feel passionately about, but, but like, it feels like what you're saying is like, we don't want to allow the bad shit in our lives on the internet. It it feels like I, I could take it that way. What you're saying is, Hey man, I'm okay with talking about God. I'm okay with telling people about Jesus. I'm okay with sharing scripture. Uh, not this bad thing that happened to me where I look bad. Right. To be fair, I don't do really any of those things you just said though. I don't talk about Jesus. <laughs> I don't, I don't quote scripture. I, I, I don't like I'm, I don't engage my spirituality that way online there. Occasionally I will have insights about spirituality that I'll share, but man, that's one out of a thousand posts for me. And so I'm, again, not, I, 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 I want to be careful not to be for people who are not familiar with me. I don't want to be uh-huh. painted as a worship leader type who spends all my time talking about spirituality and God and Jesus and scripture and whatever else and, and is avoiding only saying bad things. And, and I, but I also don't uh, disagree with you that the internet, people on the internet have a really hard time not only projecting positivity, uh, mm-hmm. crafting for themselves an identity and with, with Instagram pictures that are highly you know, manicured to make them on their best side, their best angle on the day that, he, that had, they'd had the least amount to eat or whatever it is. I mean, people are most certainly trying to craft for themselves an image online that is fictional. That's true. Um, and and I, so I agree with you completely that that – but I don't think that the solution – is to continue to project things that are probably more positive than what is true and then just balance that with full negative disclosure to the point where you hold nothing back for yourself and your therapist and your pastor and your spouse. I, I don't think that's healthy. Well, let me see if I can tie this up a little bit because I do think sure. I do think this is just a personal thought that uh, where we're at with internets, it's, it's uncharted territory really. And so manners and etiquette that we've had since the – 1700s that we've imported from England have been refined and changed and they shift culturally or whatever but now we have all this technology and we just don't know what the manners are and what we're projecting and what's fake and what's real you know when cell phones first started it was just like can you use it while you're in line at Starbucks or you know is it you had Mm -hmm. to put down the phone or in the call when you go into the Mm drive-thru but it is certainly goofy that we 
basically only project positive stuff. So I'm glad you agree with that. Oh, I yeah, I, I do agree. And until until we have the etiquette you're discussing sorted out, until we're out of the wild west of of etiquette with the internet, uh-huh. I'm certainly not going to be cavalier with disclosure that could be hurtful to my family or my children or be a betrayal to my friends. I'm not interested in um, experimenting with such young uncharted and i can respect that as a personal conviction but at the same time do you see maybe the benefit in people pushing that boundary and and being cavalier let's let's give a reference point um since since we've been doing this podcast um we promote x3 watch software which is a software that helps us with accountability as far as porn on the computer and that sort of thing and so people come uh become accustomed to us talking about that every podcast well uh, there's been at least two instances where Matt uh, and myself have come clean with, hey, this week, not a success. We did mess up. Uh, we looked at inappropriate things, specifically naked women. Uh, we're not proud of it. It's something that we talked to our wives about. Now, there are some people, in fact, a pastor that we had as a guest in the same position that you're in right now, who would say, you know what? You don't need to share that publicly. You need to share that in a sm- smaller quarters with closer friends. My my opinion of that is, okay, if that's the approach you want to take, at least you're talking to someone about it. But if you're willing to be open with that to thousands of people like our audience and your wife is okay with it, don't you think in the grand scheme of things it can only be healthy for the church? Um, I would... That definitely feels like... I was with you up until it could only be healthy for the church. I think it's possible it could be. And I, um, my, my feeling on that is that what, what you're talking about, here's the deal. If you feel at liberty to do that, if you feel that that is a choice that you'd like to make and you, and you feel okay about that, um, this, is, this is the complication of life, the life in the spirit. I can't tell you, nor could that pastor tell you, that it is right or wrong for you to do that. That's something that you're going to have to find on your own. What I can tell you is that I've never considered it part of my job um, to make that kind of disclosure mm-hmm. in that way. So that's not, that, that, is, that is a choice, just like you would uh, ask me to respect your decision to disclose that publicly right. to thousands of people. I would ask others to respect my choice to have a different level of disclosure that I think is healthy and best for the people around me. Yeah. The only other thing I would say is... Um, I do. I, I definitely agree that that is something you want to be sharing with someone. I am part of. I don't know what you guys have where you are, but here in Nashville, you know, we've got a um, an organization called Samson Society that is a tremendous organization uh, started by a buddy of mine named Nate Larkin, and um, uh, which is a group of guys I meet with every week, and that is um, a a safe place. Yeah. Yeah. The internet, on the whole, is a monologue. It's not a place. Um, of great uh, accountability or follow-up or discussion or long-term relationship or things like that the way that meeting with the Samson group is. um, I don't think you'd want to only make a a broad public disclosure on the internet about something like that and not have a group of guys, a safe place where you can go. I I, I feel like it could be additive to um, a group like that, but not in place of. Yeah, I agree with that. And and I do want to, you know, challenge one thing you said. First, I, I want to state clearly that I, I do 
um, respect your position. I'm not trying to get you to to change how you feel, but let, let's face it, the Bible and some of the experiences and, um, you know, sin and uh, downward falls of, of a lot of the saints, those are monologues. Like for the rest of all creation, the church is going to read about Peter's bullshit of, you know, saying, I'm never going to deny you and then denies him three times and always messing things up, always fumbling with his words. We're always going to read about how David couldn't keep his eyes to himself and not, you know, know, pursued another woman, got her husband killed off. So... I, that's a good you know, point, I, Joey. I mean, essentially what you're saying is, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it strikes me to say that more people read about in the history of the world to read about David's failure than will ever read the most popular Facebook post ever. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's even more right. immemorialized and, than anything on the internet. It's things in yeah, the Bible. And I, yeah. And However, I think that it, you, we can't really compare the, the canon of God's inspired word to the absolute just i mean the internet it, 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 i mean I, I, I don't i can't even i, can't, I don't even know how to talk about Man, it like derek i'm enjoying like, you like, hearing you say that because i i feel like i'm one of the most pessimistic people out there but the way you talk about the internet is making me feel like i'm a hopeful optimist about what we can I mean, do it's just, what, I'm, what i'm saying is i i think the internet can be used for good but it's inarguable that the internet is not a safe place to take to be vulnerable. I think what we're trying to do though, Derek, and I respect that. I think what we're trying to do and we could be uh on the way to ruin, but I think the three <laughs> of us would agree we don't want to be intimidated by the internet and if people want to rip us to shreds, then more power to them. We're not depending on them. We don't want we don't want to be their heroes. We just can't yeah, take it. We just can't we take it anymore. And internet aside, leaders in Christianity, and I, I completely respect you not claiming to be one of those. So that taken off the table. Leaders in Christianity uh, putting on a face and pretending their shit don't stink. We can't take it anymore. I just can't take it. So if somebody's going to tell me that I'm a leader in Christianity, which they do, I'm intent on ruining my name for them. That's what I. That's where I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that we have some. I think there's ability in things like this podcast. I think people are going to get a lot out of. It. I think people like hearing you talk like this. It's not something you can yeah, make sure. in, in a statement. And I believe. And I hate sounding like an optimist, but we're going to have to figure it out. We're going to have to figure out how to use it. That's that's where I'm at. So you may. You, uh, initially, you made a stipulation between you and someone in vocational ministry. Do you think that a pastor that has built, um, you know, a mega church or even a church of, of 32 people, uh, do you think someone who's invested years and years and years of, of leading a church and uh, that sort of thing, if they fall into moral failure, uh, should they just come right out and say, look, I had an affair, uh, I messed up? Um, I'm going to be open and transparent because I've been open and transparent about how great Jesus is in my life, and I owe it to my flock per se to to be transparent with this. What do you think um, about a pastor? So again, I feel like there are there there are appropriate levels of disclosure to different people. I do think that there is that you want to take a moment, get counsel, and try to be wise and primarily protective of the people around you who you love and discuss with them. And then I think there is absolutely uh, 
unnecessary but thoughtful disclosure to be made to a congregation. Absolutely. And I think that maybe that's just another another one of those levels in there between immediate family, best, closest friends and pastor, between that and, and everyone, the internet, all of it. But But I would also say I don't necessarily think that uh, having a moral failure, being a moral failure, being discovered as a moral failure, either wholesale or just in one very specific area, necessarily disqualifies anyone from uh, making pronouncements, even spiritual, sharing spiritual insights. Uh, because if if anything, what would be helpful for everyone to realize is um, – For instance, when the Bible talks about the sinful and it talks about the righteous, I think there are people who might have an instinct to paint themselves as one or the other. The truth is, anytime you read, if you're you're a follower of Jesus, anytime you read a passage about the sinful and the wicked, it's talking about you. Right. Anytime you read a passage about the right and the righteous, it's talking about you. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, we We are all both. And if you're not publicly known as someone who is a moral failure, either broadly or specifically, um, then you're just not known very well uh, because all of us are. And if being a moral failure, broadly or specifically, disqualifies you from doing any kind of work and more specifically making, you know, being a pastor or sharing spiritual insights or whatever level you might be on, then guess what? No one is qualified. Yeah, I agree with Pastor Webb on that matter. Myself. (laughs) (laughs) I think everyone's on, everyone is uh, engaged in a battle. Everyone. And that brings the context around who they are. I like where you're at right now with that because that's that's kind of an, an indictment of everybody. And I agree about pastors or whatever. When you say moral failure, I mean, I mean, I guess we're all spiritually bankrupt. I mean, isn't that the whole point? I mean, isn't that where we're at? yeah, so Christianity is supposed to be like when you go to church. If it's not, if if it looks more like an Amway convention than an AA meeting, then it's not being done correctly. I agree. The only thing we have in common, the only reason we gather, is to come together and confess that all of us are in need of healing, that we're broken and we're sinful, and we're and even the person in front is there to say, "I like you, am morally bankrupt. Come with me as we all go." to be healed, to be restored, to be, to get into recovery. Like even though people in front lead in their brokenness. Yes. yes. Um, and so like it's, it's an AA meeting. And if, and if they're not run that, if we're surprised to find out that the people sitting in the pews around us are sinful, then why, where do we think we are in the first place? Um, so, so yeah, I, I don't think, and that's why I've always had a really hard time watching the the Christian subculture deal with with public sin. I, I like pu- pulling albums off shelves and and you know I mean it just makes no sense. Like what did we think? Did we what what was was the platform that these men and women had before contingent on or somehow presupposing that they were sinless? Um, that they didn't have sin in their lives, yeah. even extreme sin in some cases. Yeah. And if so. What are we talking about? What 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 do, what movement do we feel like we're a part of? And and so it, you know, I mean, so it's 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 always been frustrating to me to watch the church fumble, um, to and be somehow surprised 
watch the church become surprised when someone turns out to be sinful. Yeah, I mean, I, if anything, I, 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 I kind of feel like our lives should should totally clear up why we need Jesus. That that's the that's the answer there. Like our lives, no matter what, you fix this sin, you're on to the next one. You fix that one, you're on to the next one. You go back to that first one. And I mean it's just like a, a crazy thing and I don't understand why. Well and the thing sure. is like like and, and even in regards to leadership in the church, I don't think that the church benefits from or needs um men and women who look like Jesus. I think what yeah. the church and the culture needs are men and women who look like they need Jesus. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a that's great. a great Christian leader. Yeah, that's great. And because people who look like Jesus, there's only one savior. There's only one good. Only one. There's only one who keeps the law. Uh, only one. And in as far as we are in him, we are right. We are righteous, but we are also wicked because his righteousness is not ours. We wear it like a garment. Um, it's put on us. It's imp- it's it, it's imputed, not infused. Um, being a believer does not make me inherently good. It may, it just makes me redeemed. And so I think there is so much more. And I think that even the culture would so benefit from, from the church, not being scared, um, to parade ourselves as those who need Jesus rather than those who are like Jesus. And, uh, and, and I, and I think that would be well demonstrated in how the church deals with things like people who are who are found sinful public people who are found sinful i think for us to embrace those people would show that we can also embrace others who are sinful no wonder no one no one wants to join our club no, I because they all know themselves to be more like the people who are being cast out yeah. than by the people who are casting them out and and honestly i think part of that is because people jump jump so quickly on hey it's it's black and white it's it's red state or blue state you know that's that's what what everybody wants. And so, well, before we move on, I mean, I at least want to say that I certainly am feeling very self-conscious speaking so authoritatively about spiritual matters, considering the context. Preach it, Pastor Webb. I mean, but, but because I know, because I can already, I, I know there are people in my community who I know if we're listening would say, you know, this is bullshit. You have absolutely no right to say these things, to speak this way, to speak with some kind of insight or authority, like you know anything about spirituality. And they're right. And neither are they, and neither are any of you. Yeah. And so either let's all not say anything, or let's yeah. all come to grips with the fact that um, not only does spiritual bankruptcy not disqualify us from making, with sharing our stories, it it is actually the only one qualifier. Um, what does a great hymn say that the only thing we bring is our, the only thing that we bring, uh, is, is our knowledge of our need for him. That that's that, the only thing we bring to sal- to, uh, to salvation is our need for it. We don't bring anything else. That's totally right. Totally agree. So let's talk about noise trade. I'm a huge fan. Great. Cool. And I would never go to band camp because I don't think those guys are Christian. And you are. So I only go to noise trade. But Just so you know, just so you know, my, my, my company is agnostic. Like, like, like every company. No, I, I totally understand that. Uh, but I do like noise trade. Where in the world did you get that idea? And, and not, it's not just the idea. I guess the idea is almost simple, but the execution and the user experience on that site is so great. Tell me about where, how that came that. from. I really mean that. Um. Well, you know, so it, I mean, the, the, where the idea for the for for noise trade came from was um, eight or nine years ago. I was putting my third record out. It was a record called Mockingbird, and um, you know, I was 
um, the, my typical cycle was I've, I've got this pretty loyal tribe of folks who buy my records. It doesn't matter how much marketing money or how little the label would spend. Um, those people would buy them. So I've always loved my, my, my niche career. And, um, and, but on this one record, I had a little more ambition. It was a, it was a highly political record and it, and I just felt like there were people who I knew hadn't heard it who I really wanted to to hear it. And so You're I went back to Mockingbird the, right now. Yes. And so yeah. I, went, I went back to the label and I said, "Hey, you know, what can we do to promote this record further?" And they said, "Well, here's the deal: your tribe's bought it. You know that that twenty or twenty five thousand people, whoever that whatever that tribe was at the time, they've bought it. Um, you know, we're six or eight months into the record cycle. It's been out for six or eight months. The sales are basically at a trickle at this point. No, you know, your tribe's bought it, so that's typically who buys your records. No one else is really buying it now. There's no more marketing money to spend. So we're kind of at an impasse. So we just need to start talking about the next record. And I pushed back and I said, Why well, I, I just feel like I want to spend more time trying to put these ideas out into the world. And they said, Well, I think rhetorically, they said to me, Unless you can come up with an idea to promote the record that won't cost us any money, I'm afraid we need to move on. And being a creative type, I thought, okay, well, I will think about that. And and I came back to them with the idea to let me give the record away for free online for three months and to get an email and a zip code to get data. Because my feeling was all the people who are going to buy it have bought it. Um, anyone who we get who we, we attempt to give it to for free, if they take it for free and they don't like it and they delete it and they don't whatever – well, guess what? There's a zero opportunity cost there because uh-huh. we never would have gotten their money in yeah, the first place. You already got the money. but And we never would have gotten those fans' money if they get it and they download it for free and delete it. They don't like it. Fantastic. You know, We wouldn't have gotten their money, so there's zero opportunity cost. For the people who find it and download it, whose, whose information I can – whose radar I can get onto, um, but who never would have heard my music or given it a chance, taken a risk on it if it hadn't been free, that's going to be new fans, like a ton of new fans – and we and so and we might you know so we give them the record for free that they wouldn't buy don't even know exists but if we get their information then we can go back to them sell them all the old records we can sell them the new record next year we can sell them the tour there's a there's a million ways to make money if you have data if i can if i can get a meaningful connection um with some people who get and love this record here's the thing if, if, if you can find, if you can meaningfully connect with and have and own the relationships with and have direct connection to your tribe, to your fans, they, you don't have to figure out how to get their money. You just need to give them the opportunity to give it to you. They can't wait to give you their money and they'll probably give you more than you ask for. Mm -hmm. The people who love and resonate with and will therefore support what you do as an artist, you only need a few thousand of those people. So stop swinging for the fence and start trying to and start identifying and meaningfully connecting with your tribe. That's how you're going to make a living. Let me ask you this: So, someone that goes on Noise Trade, should they feel guilty if they click on one of those albums and just like, no, these things are free. Why would I pay anything? No, and here's why. Um, to finish the story, I the label did let me give the record away for free for three months. In those three months, I gave away eighty five thousand digital copies. And it immediately changed my career wow. because suddenly I had 85,000 email addresses with zip codes attached. I knew where they all lived. That's I discovered awesome. that there were a half a dozen cities that I had 2,000 plus fans within 15 miles of the city center that I'd never played a show in as a solo artist. So suddenly I know exactly where my fans are. I can email those people directly, say, come out, see my show, 10 bucks at the door. I go play those cities. I'm, That's cool. I made whatever money I might have lost yeah. giving the records away back in the first year. 
Well, Derek, and, I, bought, I bought Mockingbird, just FYI. Well, thank yeah. you. You subsidized the experiment, so <laughs> noise trade probably wouldn't exist if you hadn't done that. Um, but the reason that you don't need to feel bad is, first of all, unlike Spotify, for instance, noise trade, we don't get big blanket licenses from content companies and labels. The only, the only records, the only music, the only books, because we also have a, a vertical platform, Noise Trade Books, where we have ebooks and audiobooks and authors. Any of the content you get from Noise Trade, the content creators put it there. So if you go to Noise Trade and you find um, the new uh, Propaganda record, the new Drew Holcomb record, the Civil Wars EP, if you find those records on Noise Trade, it's because those bands put them there. Yeah. And they want you to have them for free, and they understand the strategy of giving you that content for free and finding you, making that connection with you. And now they now they have some connection to you with data and they can reach out to you um, and pull you in to their next concert. And if you don't want to hear about it, you can unsubscribe. Yeah, so, totally agree yeah. on that. We give a ton of stuff away, podcasts being one of them. And it's just, yeah, we, we, we want people to take it for free. We don't feel bad about anybody that doesn't want to contribute. The, the, the way the music business works nowadays, the, the problem used to be scarcity. There were just too few records coming out being distributed, too few artists being signed and content coming out. And so you had to choose from the few records that were out there. So now, the thing, the, now the problem is ubiquity. It's like there's just, there's so many records that you, that all you, the hardest problem, the, the, the biggest problem you have is just being found, being noticed. Yeah, and absolutely. The, and, and the antidote to all the noise in the marketplace is not to cast, is not to get as many, to try to make fans out of everybody on the planet. It's to downsize. It is to identify those, those, those few people, that tribe of people uh, who for them, you might be that music or that, that content that, just so deeply resonates that uh, that they they want to they never want to miss you coming through their town. They want to have every record you ever put out. They want to never miss a blog, never miss a book, never miss a piece of writing. Like all you need, like that that is the antidote um, to the problem that the that the, the the current entertainment market, content market has is go and find your tribe, find your hardcore fans. That that's your whole career now. Yeah. Um, meaningfully connect with those people and you've got a living for the rest of your life if you want it. How many so people noise, work at Noise Trade? There are, we are an incredibly lean company. There are, I'm going to say less than a dozen of us and mm. only a very precious few of us d d make salaries and work full time. How much? I do as, as our company's president, but. Do you work like, do you do like uh, work week hours? Like what, how do you run the company? What's that like for having I, a music career and running the company? Well, I don't do both. I mean, I tried to do both most of maybe last year. I was trying to kind of be a part-time CEO and still put out a record and tour, and I just couldn't do both. Noise Trade is too big of a it's too big of a business at this point. So, our board um approached me about uh stepping into Noise Trade full-time, which we all knew would require me taking a hiatus from my music career for a year or maybe two. And so at this point, like all of 2014, I've been on permanent hiatus from my music career. I probably will be all of 2015 um, because my full-time work uh, is running Noise Trade. And it's a huge job. Um, I'm sure and I'm is. always in way over my head. I mean, we give away nearly a half million full albums a month. Wow. We have a million and almost a half people on an email list we speak to three times a week. Um, you know, we, we, we have, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big 
um, it's a big and growing business. And so it takes all of us, you know, it's like what they say about entrepreneurs is an entrepreneur works 80 hours a week to avoid working 40 hours a week. And that's essentially <laughs> where I am. I well, mean, there's supposed I, to be, the paradigm is supposed to be a freelancer gets paid when he works and an entrepreneur gets paid when he sleeps. <laughs> but, but I think yeah, exactly. you're probably right. I think that's where what we found. Yeah, the entrepreneur works the eighty is, when, hours when you're doing work, <laughs> instead yeah, of forty. When, when you're doing work that you love, um, it 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 doesn't feel like work. I mean, like work, my, the the work I do at Noise Trade feels very much like the work that I do in music. It, I love it. I would do it for free. It's a direct expression of my personality. Um, it feels as much like creative work as anything I've ever done in my music career. So it is, is it as simple as Facebook? Can anybody get on there and submit an album? Do you only, do you only accept Christians or how, how does that work? What's your, Oh, I'm, process? I, I'm so sorry that you even asked that question. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry too. I thought that was no, that's fine. No, that's fine. I want to apologize uh, to you. No, no, I, I just mean the question about Christians. Um, <laughs> no, like it, our platform is completely free to anybody. Um, we in no way censor the content that comes on either on the book or the music side. It takes, it takes, it, it honestly, it takes five, 10 minutes to sign up. You upload whatever content you want to give away. You, uh, you can have an account in minutes. Um, we certainly take really seriously what we get behind and promote. Um, yeah, that, that that's sense. highly curated for us. Uh, we, we in no way censor the music that comes on. I mean, we, we probably add on average of 40 to 60 albums a day every day on noise trade of new new, new new music jo- so joey they had to send in a video of them reciting the apostles creed and see and he has derek has to look <laughs> yeah. in their eyes and see if it's believable before he can upload it <laughs> it really is an amazing site derek i mean it's just so awesome and so i mean it sounds cheesy to say this but user friendly i just can't believe it like i literally just downloaded an ebook just now for free and it was amazing like because we were talking about it, i was just, i was just scooting around noise trade and it's just so easy to use and such an awesome. Well, I have uh, to say, I mean, I, I don't want for a second to sound like this is this is my doing, and I sit around like a mad scientist on a laptop doing all this. I mean, <laughs> I, I have a, I have, I have uh, co-founders who are in this with me, who have been with me from day one. I have, you know, folks who I work with every day who do this work. I mean, if you're finding it user friendly, if if you're finding the design easy to navigate, I I. I, I deserve the thanks for that less than anyone. Um, I have a lot. This is very collaborative work. And, um, you know, I, I mean, so I, I'm i so glad to hear it. Well, we try but, to make websites and give stuff away. That's what we do. And we find mm-hmm. it extremely difficult to make that experience uh, smooth and easy for the user. And you do that mm-hmm. very well. Well, to be so. fair, we, we've, we've, you know, we've been in this business for about six years, almost seven years. Um, we've been in this market. So... You know, we we've like the first version of the site six or seven years ago was not so easy. Yeah. It was not so good. So you, uh, but you have to start somewhere. You know. So you're really not trying to do music again for a year or two. Um, I just can't do both and do them both well. Yeah. And and honestly, like I love the blue collar grind of my music career. I love it. I love everything about it. But the labor versus the reward at forty with two children, it's just it's hard. You know. And I love I love that it's hard, but but having having been in my music career, d- having done that job for twenty almost yeah. two years, I actually really welcome the disruption of, and I would be fine for twenty plus years uh, in the music business to be a footnote to my second act. I like that in my in, in my entrepreneurial work because I feel really well situated and really comfortable 
um, doing the work I'm doing at Noise Trade, and and, um, and I, I definitely see myself staying in the entrepreneurial world for a, for a while. I mean, I I'll, here's the thing: I'll always make records. I'll always write songs and make records. You just can't stop me from doing it. You can't. I mean, uh, because I can make records for zero dollars. I own the studio. I can I play all the instruments. I I mean, I make the records myself, and I can distribute them. I can promote them. You, you know, like that's kind of the beauty of being an independent musician. You just can't stop people Word from up. putting out independent music. That's what's that's great. Right. So I'll always do it. But but I think I'm at the point where, especially with the content I wish to cover, with the kind of experimentation I like to do in my art, um, I think the best move for me beyond just needing a break after 22 years and really enjoying my entrepreneurial work, I think if I can manage to subsidize my ability to make and distribute any records I want at any pace that I want with work that's not music related, um, that's entrepreneurial work, I think that would be a good position. I think people don't love the answer because they think, well, what could be cooler than playing, you know, guitar chords and singing in a microphone and getting paid to Mm -hmm. do that? People think that, but I identify with you very much, and I know Toby does too, because it's a very common place right before we go on stage. We were on our tour bus where Toby goes, this would be the best job in the world if we didn't have to play shows, is what he always says. <laughs> well, and, well, and, I, and I, I resonate with that, but I almost see it the opposite way. Like the, the, the thing about it that's so great, people are right about that. But that's but of a of a 14 hour day, that's 90 minutes. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's so 55 like, like if, for if us, you, but yeah. Yeah. So, so if you, so if you look at my job broken up by time, I'm a, I'm a, like for most of my last 20 years, I'm a professional commuter. Or how about trucker? Know? So here's the jobs we do. This is what is what is really like blue collar. Truckers only drive eight hours yes, and then, the, and they that. get locked out. Like that's all they can drive. A lot of times we drive eight, 10 hours every single day right. and we do that all day. Then when we get to the place, we become furniture movers, like a moving crew exactly. that load stuff in, do that for a couple <laughs> hours. Then it's by this time it's late at night and we've gotten off work and we just hang right. out at a bar and we get to do karaoke for 45 minutes. Oh yeah, well I mean a, a career a career in in the music business is blue co- it is blue collar work. It is. Like there there is no other version. It's a blue collar job. Being being a professional musician is a blue collar job and if that's not what you're after, you know, then you might want to look to another line of work. It was really funny the last time we we just got off tour and the last show we played in Seattle unbeknownst to the rest of the band, I literally Derek just talking like what you said like I thought I'm going to tell everybody because our career kind of started in Seattle. I literally thought I'm going to tell everybody from stage that this is our last show ever. <laughs> and, 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 and because I was, I really thought that that same idea of it is so fun. I do love performing. I do love the music and all that part of it, but it's almost like I can't escape it. Like, unless I do something unbelievably drastic, if we could only quit. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, I, I mean, the thing is, it just always lures you back in, man. That that creative, like that that idea of the next song and what it'll be, and you're right, it'll it'll never end. It really won't. I I, I thoroughly believe I'm going to be. Hopefully, if I live that long, I'll be 70 years old and just I'm going to write a song because I just got to. So, well, Derek, I have to say, but the other hard part about it is, if I had not made my living for the last 20 years doing this job. If I had been in my entrepreneurial work doing things like noise trade all this time, we wouldn't have you wouldn't have even asked me 
why I didn't get on the internet and say that's things true. about my personal life. That's, and that's you know what else we did true. here wrong, Derek? So that comes with it too, you know. Uh, we really messed this one up. And I told the guys on this before, like on the interview, you got to like earn trust with the guy before you go in on the big issues. We're always trying to figure out how to get good interviewing. We're no good at it. But we've done this one completely <laughs> backwards, obviously. Now I think we could spend another hour talking about just normal cool stuff that's okay it's uh, it's it's uh, I, I you know it's like the frost nixon interview yeah. i'm okay with that you know come out come out with a punch we, Derek, we went brill o'reilly on you yeah. <laughs> well i mean any 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 podcast with a name like yours i felt like i would at least be remotely comfortable yeah uh, what was it was it or, or, or at least i would qualify what's it you did did you actually uh tweet us or did someone tweet you and us it's Somebody Somehow. said something to you guys about having me, and I think I probably responded. Yeah, I think someone said something like, "You need to have uh, Derek Webb, the the real bad Christian, or the worst the, the bad original, Christian, or the, something like the, that. the original." <laughs> yeah, it's it's for the same reason I was never I, back in the nineties. I, I I wondered how anybody in good conscience could join that that group called promise keepers because i thought <laughs> i thought well that's just a group i know i'm not qualified to join if there was a group called promise breakers yeah i could join that one th- then well i would join and i would never come to meetings but you know i, I would definitely <laughs> at least feel like i was qualified well we we had jennifer knapp on last week was our last yes, episode good friend of mine and yeah. people gave we got a real hard time because everybody said we were just softballing it and being nice and didn't give do anything hard with her whatever we thought with you we could probably have we could you know i don't know what 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 it was we well, thought great. well we're just well, trying I'll, to recover uh, from that and see if we could yeah. have a little more balls when we interview somebody <laughs> so. well i'll uh i'll call i'll call jen tomorrow and give her a big sarcastic thanks for the fact that this was she set you up (laughs) tell her thanks a thanks a bunch i'll send her a send her a bucket of coal well we'll have you back on the show and we'll just it'll be we'll just cut up the whole time next time just send just send just just toss puffballs at me the whole time all right thank you very much Derek. all right thanks so much dude all right guys that was Derek webb uh what you guys think about the interview well i think that Derek. thank you matt all right, here, here's what I thought about it. <laughs> That's not true. No, I'm just kidding. Here's what I thought about it. You thought it was funny? I thought, to- Toby, you did a good job. M- Matt, I thought you did a good job. Joey? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, here's the thing. is I was talking to Derek's uh, brother yesterday, Spud. <laughs> Spud with, yeah. We, why didn't we ask him about his brother Spud? <laughs> so when we have you, when you have a difficult interview like that, y'all are just just storing up jokes, You're just waiting for it. As soon as he there gets was off. no room for jokes, Any, it just it couldn't get light. I, think I that, personally I, was very impressed with Derek. I definitely thought he was very genuine. I thought he handled. I mean, come on, he came on the interview not knowing what to, to expect, and we say, hey. We talked shit about you on yeah. this podcast. Well, there's what no other think? way we yeah. could have done it. And I've been on a million interviews, and I don't, I mean, yeah, that would not have been, I wouldn't have really, that would have been a difficult start for me for all the interviews that I do when yeah. I go on them and everything. But I think it turned out good, and so, I don't know. I, I thought I, I thought some really good stuff in there. I, I felt like I couldn't say that much, and I didn't know, I mean, there's only so much you can say, you know what I mean? Well, I thought overall, I mean, I have to say, I think we all agree, I mean, he, I I would really respect him for going. Hey, if you guys want to talk about the uh, talk about this, then this is where I will go with it. Yep, you know what I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. and I, and I and I thought he did make a good point. I, I really did. It did really. It made me think about this podcast, like Ruby when she's fourteen and she, and she listens to the Bad Christian podcast. 
You know, and, and she's going to think about her dad and the jokes that I make and all this stuff. She's going to see a side of me. And at the same but time, that's good, man. I you know it is. I know. That's what I was getting ready to say. I do think it's good, but I don't. I think us three are stupid idiots, and nobody else <laughs> hardly agrees with it's us. It's just I don't care what you, anybody. Matt, says. does your wife agree with you? No. Does your parents agree well, with you? That's what I'm saying. No. I mean, but. It, it's That's just, what I'm saying. So what the hell are we doing? I mean, we, we can't be totally right in just being forthcoming. I yeah, always. My, no, if my the kids, internet is a tool. It's like every other thing, and we're going to figure it out. But well, hey, what, what if what but if, Matt? What but if, Matt? Here's what you don't even see right now. Joey's belly's hanging out. No, it's not. As we, it no, is. Look not. at it. We're so, we're lucky <laughs> that technology doesn't yet allow for us to do. We video. can't do. Uh, we cannot do a damn video podcast cause because thirty three percent of the time, Joyce belly is laying down, or he's laying down <laughs> eating. It's unbelievable. We can't do video but because Pastor Joey Spencer. How many times has your belly hung out in front of the congregation <laughs> on Sunday morning? <laughs> my God, am I losing my mind? <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing about Derek and talking about privacy. This I didn't. This would have no place in the interview or whatever. But I'm. I, I've never understood privacy. I've always felt like I don't even get privacy. Like I don't understand it or see what people are talking about or why people make a big deal about privacy it's weird because you don't have any emotions well i mean like our bathroom door it doesn't have a door it's like you just walk in the bathroom to our master bedroom and i love that i hate closing the door when i use the bathroom i would never do it if people didn't make me and i think same thing when they talk about the uh you know edward snowden and the cia and everything i just think i don't care if everybody sees everything i ever do and if if i change clothes and my blinds are open uh my wife goes insane says you got to close them you got to close them. i said who wants to look at me changing clothes and if so why would i care so i've just never like i, I know it sounds silly but i've just never understood or cared about privacy so far in my lifetime i've always thought it was bizarre so if if you if you slipped like up, some privacy. If you slipped up and masturbated to porn, <laughs> you wouldn't care about your privacy. I mean, I'd be embarrassed about stuff that I do. I'm just saying that. Wait, that, wait, 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 wait. So you masturbate and look at porn in public is what you're saying. <laughs> you don't care. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying that privacy. So there are there are some times where you want privacy. I I don't look have, at porn. Have you ever looked at porn and masturbated in public? Um, have you ever been like Pee Wee Herman? Yeah, Pee Wee Herman and I have both done that in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with what Matt's saying. I think our goal here is if you can say anything in public, then it has no ownership of you. You own it. And it does not hurt Who you. Who like, wants to really look funny. in my blinds right. and see me change underwear? And why would I care if the I don't know who the person even is? They're anonymous to me. Why do I care if they look in my blinds and watch me change my underwear? I don't care. Okay. Well, send me a nude picture of you, and I'll put it on the Bad Christian Podcast or Bad Christian Facebook. Go ahead and send that over, and I'll do that as we no, speak. No, but that's that's different than what he's saying. Matt's talking I'm about... I'm saying passively if people yeah. want to look that, in on me. That's not ever been a big deal to me. Matt's not talking about intentionally putting himself out there. He's just saying who he is. He's comfortable. If somebody is around, that, that privacy doesn't matter. But it's funny. It, like, Matt, I kind of agree with you. Like, I'm Ruby lately has been uh, Ike, or somebody will make fun of her and kind of laugh at her, and she gets super upset, and she cries. And, and I'm teaching her, trying to teach her. Like, I was like, it, if you – 
if somebody's making fun of you, the best thing to do, and I wish somebody would tell me, is just to laugh. Like I've I've actually had to learn that and didn't learn that, start learning that, and probably till my late twenties. Of if somebody's making fun of you or somebody's trying to say something or put you down, if you laugh too. I mean, that means it doesn't own That's you. Right. It, does, it doesn't hurt you. It, it can't hurt you. And if you can just laugh and go, hey, somebody's making fun of me. I make fun of people. Okay, this this isn't who I am. It's not my identity. And I think it's kind of that same way. Like, I just feel like... If we can just get all of our shit out there, then it'll just be out there because that's just as much a part of us. Our shit is just as much a part of us as our non-shit. <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I mean? It just is. So why why, so why are we so protective as- of the shit? Are we really, I mean, we clinch and hide the shit? <laughs> I mean, seriously. We flush it down the toilet. Uh, uh, that's what I'm saying. As soon as it comes out, we got to flush it down the toilet. I mean, come on. It's a courtesy but, flush. But why do we, that's what my point, why do we let the good, the non-shit, oh, let me talk about it. I'm okay with that because, it, you know what I mean? Like It's like. Well, it, shit, I want to ask you why you say shit. Shut up, Joey. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm sick of listening of to Joey. There's something that we all, I think we all, <laughs> all right. need. Last week was great, but I'm ready to have the real deal. Let's do it, Toby. You ready? Uh, yeah, mad, mad props to Logan. Mad for, props uh, to Logan, know. but I'm ready for the real deal. Thank yeah, you mad so props much. for Logan for saying news with Toby. When your friend Belly Shut up, hang Joey. Out. <laughs> This is news with Toby. I'm here to report the damn news. Yes, this is the damn news. This is the mother. <laughs> Guys, it's been a while, and I'm I glad, I'm glad to be back in the anchor chair. I miss the atheist. Shut up, Joey. I'd rather a good-looking atheist than a dumbass, ugly. Derek Webb just texted. Joey. Derek Webb just texted me, and he said, "Hey, listen, I know you talked a lot of shit about me, but that motherfucker <laughs> Joey is a piece of shit." <laughs> he just. He, he just me texted that. you that, and he, he says he never uses the F <laughs> he word. He never uses that. Matt bleep, Matt bleep that out. <laughs> okay, my Jessica first, just my first news article today. Jessica just texted me and said, "Will you please talk to Toby about n- nurturing me a little bit? I just had surgery, and I want him to take Very care of my good, needs." Very good, Joey. Killer punchline. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joey. Hey, Good. any more jokes, Joey? You are slaying right now. Your dad, Talk Tommy. To yeah, thank you, Joey. Go ahead. Just texted Joey. What did he say? I made a joke, and now Joey has two zingers, non non jokes that he's going to take. Go ahead, Joey. Tom- <laughs> Tommy just said that radio station that you guys have. <laughs> Toby is an embarrassment to my family. Please don't let that him is say an inside joke else. that Joey's not doing well. But we were talking before. My dad has no clue what We've he's never. I don't think he's heard the podcast. I don't think he's ever heard the word podcast. Anyway, scratch that. Get rid of it. Homeless man steals ambulance to see some pole dancing. Nice, but he's but he's thwarted. Before reaching the titty bar. <laughs> <laughs> What's the source? <laughs> well, it actually comes from the Oakland Press, uh, but uh, I think I might have snagged this too off of uh, Huffington Post. But anyway, frustrated with the lack of transportation and in a desperate need to reach a certain destination, a homeless man stole an ambulance from a hospital in Pontiac on Sunday. He told the deputy, he was hoping to go to the booby trap to see some pole dancing, said the Oakland County Sheriff Michael Michael Bouchard. Uh, 
<laughs> I know you're making fun of me. I heard <laughs> you made Logan say the, the name wrong. I appreciate that, man. Uh, he said, you can't make this up. The man who hoped to make it to the D- Detroit Strip Club but was stopped by police in Sterling, Hearts with, <clears throat> in Sterling Heights was asked why he took the ambulance. Apparently, he said there was no public transportation available. available. Now, Can you believe that? Now, I've been to Pontiac, Michigan before. We've played there. Yeah. And I, I guess it's not that surprising in the sense that I'm pretty sure over 50% of the population is homeless in Pontiac, Michigan. If I if I remember yeah, correctly, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, <laughs> even the even the ambulance actual ambulance driver. Yeah, I thing, think the ambulance the driver was probably off duty, but he probably lives in the back of the ambulance as it is. <laughs> so if you're homeless the- and you, li- I mean, and you had an ambulance, that would be a pretty pretty good situation going. So you go to the uh, booby trap, as it were, and then you've got the the gurney and the stretcher, and probably some pretty badass drugs when you get done with the strip club and you just go sleep back in the ambulance so i don't blame the guy i think that's a reasonable reasonable idea yep i totally agree all right my next one i thought it kind of hits home after the huge clemson win mm-hmm. really excited about that clemson stomped dumbass university of south carolina that's what i would like to call them uh i, I actually people don't understand i actually really do hate the Gamecocks. I don't care if they ever win. I hope they lose every game. I, I just you, really dislike them. I know you guys would be disappointed if y'all saw my Facebook post. Did y'all see it, what I put on my personal yeah, Facebook Yeah, wasn't post? it something like, congratulations for a hard-fought win or something? No, like I, I basically said, uh, super excited about my favorite South Carolina team, Clemson, uh, tipping my hats to the Gamecocks for putting it to us for five years, go Tigers. I was like, man, if Matt and Toby saw that, it'd probably kick me out of bed, Christian. Yeah, I'm, I mean, all their... Uh, every, uh, I think that the stat is like 47% of all USC graduates work at Walmart. Yeah, at least. So at least that, you know, they had their five years. That's the only joy they have in their life. But Walmart's cool. If you work there, great. Moving on. This story comes from Clemson. Clemson students allegedly take advantage of a drunk bro who left his credit card tab open at a bar and rack up a $7,913 tab. Yep. So this comes from Bro Bible. And this guy now is doing a uh, a crowdfunding on GoFundMe to to raise money. But he writes, "Hi, my name is Jake Stewart, and I'm a 21 year old college student. This past Friday night, I went out with some friends to the bar, and besides my better judgment, had too many drinks. I mistakenly left my tab open all night, and when I went back to the bar the next morning to retrieve my card, I was shocked to see a seven thousand nine hundred nine hundred dollar charge to my tab. It upsets me." that an entire bar would take advantage of an open tab and not one person was willing to pay their own, for their own drinks. I'm also surprised that nobody stepped up and pointed out that this was wrong and, in fact, stealing. Over the course of the night, I personally spent $53 on my own drinks. Taking responsibility for that, I'm hoping that uh, I can raise $7,913 to help pay for the bar tab, but any kind of goodwill will be great, greatly appreciated. Thank you in advance, Jake. Now, some people are claiming that he made he's obviously lying and made this up and that nobody would do this. What do you guys think? I mean, I I don't actually see how this could be possible. Yeah, I, mean, I smell bullshit. I don't if that many people kept coming and ordering drinks. Don't you think the bartender yes, was like, "Hey, this, this doesn't is sound Jake. entirely true to me." Uh, for, first of all, yeah. it doesn't sound entirely. Whoa, 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 wait a second, wait a second. So you're saying Toby is reporting fallacy? I'm saying that no, this reporting, doesn't. I'm reporting news. I mean, I'm he's reporting saying, the news as he lying. finds it, but that something doesn't sound. 
uh, totally like it so makes Toby sense. So Toby hasn't done Toby hasn't done due he, diligence. I, I, is what you're I'm saying. not going to claim no, that. Toby uh, hasn't done his part in research. I don't know. No, of course I have. In fact, let me keep. Going. I don't know if I can believe any of these damn news stories. It, uh, the guy also, they asked him, why did the bartenders keep letting people order drinks on your table? I don't know if I can believe any of your stories. The it vagina was a super, sculpture. It was a super crowded bar, and my only guess is that some douchebag, douche lord, <laughs> claimed it as his own tab and let it happen. So he thinks that somebody else said, hey, that's my tab. Give anybody that comes up a drink. Uh, but, I mean, I actually kind of believe that this is... I think this guy's lying and just trying to cover It, it may be, but he, but it might be that he's trying to capitalize on the GoFundMes because those things have gotten out of hand because, I mean, it's basically everybody who's ever lost a job. I spit in my boss's face and he fired me and now I need you to, to <laughs> right. give me $45,000 for my next six months. I mean, that's what you're seeing at this time. It's like my daughter got a hangnail and the medical bills have been unbelievable, so I'm ho- asking for $36,000. Could you please share with all your Facebook friends? So the GoFundMes have gotten kind of... Of out, out of control. I need liposuction. Yeah, exactly. Joey needs liposuction, me? so we're going to do a hundred grand for that one. I mean, just you know, yeah. I think the GoFundMe's have gotten totally, totally out of control, and I'm sad that this has happened in Clemson of, of all places. But th- I would say, don't contribute to this guy's fund. He might be putting on. Yeah, I, I, I know. I, I actually think I, here's what I think. I think something happened because I don't know how you get that high of a tab. But I don't know if he was just trying to be a badass. That's a lot of like, Jaeger yeah, and Fireball. Yeah, I feel like he just kept doing the point to him thing. You know, like remember what Logan actually <laughs> did that? He got his tax return and kept pointing to himself, and then uh, like sea bass, and uh, and then he re- he ran up a, ch- a tab of like a hundred something dollars, but seven thousand. I mean, rough. it's basically like eight thousand dollars. How many? I mean, that bar. I can't believe they could order that many drinks. Seven thousand I mean, is a everybody, lot. That's. Everybody in Clemson is drinking probably like. I mean, beer think about this stuff, way: right? if there's seven dollar fireball shots. Let's say that's a thousand of those sobs. So it's pretty right. ridiculous claim. All right, that was a long one with Derek Webb. So that's all my news for today. Well, this news was brought to you by John Lanza, Andrea Wallace, Dusty Coleman, Kendrick Gockenbach, <laughs> Nate Griffin, J. Rowe. Yeah, and that's not his hip hop name. That's a real name, J. Rowe. Matthew Goings. Leroy Arivelaga and Drennan Anderson. We thank you guys for being a part of Oh, you forgot to. There was Michael Cox (laughs) and Bill Penis (laughs) and John Dick. We want to thank you guys for being part of the BC Club. Badchristian.com slash contribute. Be a part of the BC Club. The BC Club, yeah. You guys have wasted another good hour and a half listening to us, which means you must find it entertaining. So please... Go contribute something. Help us keep the wheels turning here. Badchristian.com forward slash contribute. Tammy Vagina has been helping us. (laughs) (laughs) 